And I came out of the jungle and back to my office. I had about eight employees at the time. And the little boy employees, they said, I don't like you. You're mean. Uh, I don't love working here. And I was like, what are these What are these young guys saying? I just, I just don't get it. You know, they're complaining at me like teenage girls. And I sat them down. I had a how to be a dad, how to be a man talk with them like I was their dad. And I found out that none of these young boys have dads. So welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What's up, what's up, all of you amazing abundant leaders out there? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the Pay It Forward community, proving to you that you can, in fact, and you should, in fact, start living a life of abundance on your way to having more. And here on Men of Abundance, what we're doing is having conversations with other abundant leaders around the world who are somehow paying it forward to the world, or at least their community, and showing you that you can live a life of abundance. You can live your life of abundance. And today's conversation is definitely going to challenge some of your thought processes. And that's the whole point. All of these conversations are designed to challenge your thought process. But this one in particular is definitely going to push some buttons. And I want to continue the conversation. So if you're not already a member of the Men of Abundance Facebook group, then make sure you search Men of Abundance on Facebook or click on the link in the show notes of this episode and request access to the group because you are going to want to get in on this conversation. I just have one requirement before you get on this specific conversation. You get a hold of Stefan's book, Hard Times Create Strong Men. Read the book or listen to it on audio before you come and comment. Otherwise, I have to tell you, your comments will be irrelevant and they will fall on deaf ears. How can you comment on something that you have not personally experienced? That is my thing for 2020, by the way. I personally will not comment on anything that I have not personally experienced. The only thing I will do is ask questions for clarification. That still does not give me the right to comment. All I want to do is further understand the experience, the situation, the lifestyle, whatever the case may be, so that I can better understand for myself. And I will ask questions from various sources. Now, I will tell you, there are things that are in the book, and I've listened to the book a couple times and listened to parts of it several times. There are parts in the book that Stefan wrote that I personally do not agree with. But by and large, I agree with the whole ideology of it. And at the very least, it got me to research other topics and other things so that I could have a better understanding of that topic. And that's all I ask of you. Now, as usual, before we get into the conversation, I want to give you the opportunity to be abundant in your actions today by paying it forward and sharing men of abundance with others. Share this conversation with others. It is going to push a a lot of buttons and it's going to add some clarity to some people's minds and it's at the very least going to get people thinking about this particular topic. Take a screenshot of your phone as you're listening to the podcast on your favorite podcast player and post that on Instagram and post it to social media and tag myself, tag Stefan 
and hashtag MOA, hashtag Men of Abundance. And if you could take just a couple of minutes and go over to iTunes and leave a rating and review, it's greatly appreciated. Listen, if you if you rate it a one or a two, please leave a comment. If I'm completely screwing up over here and missing a mark, I at least want to know why, and then I can make the decision to fix it or not. Now, our feature guest today is Stefan Arneo. He is an award-winning real estate investor, entrepreneur, author, and winner of the 2014 Rich Dad International Hall of Fame Award. He has been featured in Canadian Real Estate Wealth Magazine and Entrepreneur Magazine named him one of the top 10 real estate influencers to follow. Starting with only $1,200, Stefan has built a multi-million dollar portfolio for himself and his partners and been recognized on a self-made list. As already mentioned, he is the author of multiple books, one of which being Hard Times Create Strong Men, which is why we're having this conversation today. You can find his books and much more about him at stephanarneo.com, and you can find that link in the show notes of this episode. Men of Abundance, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Stefan Arneo. Stefan, welcome to Men of Abundance, brother. How are you doing? Thanks for having me, Wally. Really good. Excellent. Where are you at in the world? Uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Have not been to Canada yet. I've been to 23 other countries, but not Canada. And you're a neighbor, man. I should get over there. Yeah, just drive, <laughs> just drive on up. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man. In fact, it's funny you say that because my wife and I have been talking more recently is we're in a position to do a lot more traveling locally. We've done a lot of world traveling, but uh, we want to do the RV bit. So we might make that a trip. Mm. That, we'll that see how good. that works out. That could be good. A home <laughs> on wheels. Yeah, we'll see how that works out. So anyhow, I like to start out the conversation with an attitude of gratitude, brother. What do you have to be grateful for today? You know, I've got my beautiful 2009 Chrysler Sebring outside. It's driven for 10 years, man. It just gets me where I need to go. I'm not a car guy. I got money, but I got this beautiful old car I love to drive, and it just gets me point A to point B every day. And, you know, it's I'm really happy to have that car. I dig it. You know, I I absolutely love it. I just got off the phone with another guy. Uh, well, actually, a, a podcast that I just posted with Rock Thomas and all these other guys. And it, it, everybody starts out with, you know, they want all these things. They think millionaires because of the damn TV shows and everything that's out there. That people that, you know, those of us that are doing well in life, we all have freaking Teslas and Lamborghinis and, well, some have Teslas, but Lamborghinis, all these other exotic cars, man. And we just don't. We're just simple people, man. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like, it's like a baby blanket to me. Like first car ever last year, I fixed it up at about this time. I dumped in way too much money that more than I thought I was going to. And you know, it's like getting a heart replacement, you know, this heart just mm. keeps beating. So I just said, Hey girl, I'm committed to you. I'm just going to keep driving you till you die. <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> <laughs> and it used to be, you know, when I, when I got the car, everyone's like, wow, what a nice car 10 years ago. Cause it was like yeah. in Vogue, it was a nice style. It was designed by Mercedes Benz, but it's a Chrysler. And uh-huh. then here we are five years later and people go, oh my God, that's such a crappy car. And then nowadays people go, wow, I'm impressed. That's a crappy car. Good for you. Keep going. <laughs> Isn't that funny? That's crazy, man. People are so fickle. They're so weird. Yeah, Anyhow. exactly. Well, it's, it's my gold digger repellent. That's what it is. I drive it. <laughs> I drive it repels gold diggers. So keeps me keeps me healthy. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah, I don't think anybody's trying to hook me up with my Toyota Tacoma, man. It's just not happening. But uh, how would you, you know, I like to ask this question because it throws some people off, but I know you'll get it spot on. How would you describe yourself? Wow. You know, that's that's a really, really good question. I just came back from the jungle. I did a 40-day water fast. I didn't eat for 40 days. 
And uh, day 43, uh, it was either go to the mental institution or find God. And I found God. And I experienced a thing called ego death, mm. which is, you know, a complete loss of the sense of self. So, you know, how do I define myself? That's a that's a really good question, especially after that 40-day water fast. But, hey, you know, I'm just, I'm just a guy bringing my message out there right now. And it really is about, um, you know, I, I think I'm becoming more of a healer of people right now. And mm-hmm. it used to just be a healer of men, but I'm getting a lot of messed up women with my new book, Hard Times, Great Strong Men. I'm getting a lot of women reaching out to me now. So I used to be like a, a healer of men, but now it's like a healer of men and women because we're just hurting so bad these days. It's very interesting how that works out. As we were talking pre-show with my show being called Men of Abundance, about 50% of the listeners are women and women have also reached out to me and some of them, you know, they just dig in the show, but others want me to um, encourage and lift up their, their men in their lives. Because while some of them have very good income, they're just not there for the family. They're not living their whole life of abundance and family, faith, finances, and fitness. So I get that. And we're definitely going to get into your book, hard times create strong men because that is a very, very true statement. We're going to get into our kick in the gut moment that proves that here in just a minute. In fact, let's do that now. Let's get into that. I like to ask this kick in the gut moment because it is those hard times that create strong men and strong people in general. So if you would, share with us one of your kick in the gut moments and really make us feel that. Well, you know, I'll tell you how the book was written. Uh, I was in the jungle. You know, this wasn't this last year I did 40 days of no food uh, and just water. And the previous year was 18 days. And I came out of the jungle and back to my office. I had about eight employees at the time. And the little boy employees, they said, I don't like you. You're mean. Uh, I don't love working here. And I was like, what are these What are these young guys saying? I just, I just don't get it. You know, they're complaining at me like teenage girls. And I sat them down. I had a how to be a dad, how to be a man talk with them like I was their dad. And I found out that none of these young boys have dads. So I went into my uh, condo. And 11 days later, I wrote a book called Hard Times Create Strong Men. It was written in 11 days. And it's What is a Man in Money, Sex, Religion, Politics. And uh, you know, the, the kick in the gut there is we've got an entire generation, epidemic, a pandemic of fatherless men. And the stats, mm-hmm. the stats on that are horrible. The young men without fathers go to jail statistically. And the young women, the young girls without fathers end up as strippers or prostitutes. So really, it doesn't play out so well and uh, and that's why I've you know kind of moved my positioning a little bit from real estate investor over to this hard times create strong men because it's something that I think we truly need right now. I totally agree. 100%. When you look at the all of the young men who have done heinous events over the last 10 years or where whenever uh, one thing that they all have in common, a few things, but one thing that they all have in common is none of them had strong male figures in their life, not taking anything away from the strong women that raised them young boys, the best that they could, but it's proof in the, in the data that in the facts that we need strong men, these boys need strong men in their lives. Well, I'll take it one step further, Wally. And, you know, we've got, such a gender reversal these days in um, in the world where we have we used to have strong men and good women and the men were strong and that was power and the women were good and that was morality so it was a blend of power and morality and now what we have is we have strong women and good men so the men are weak little good boys and the women are 
strong women. But that's a gender reversal, and it's a it's a depolarization of mm-hmm. what makes men and men men and women women, and it flips the whole thing upside down. And like men don't wake up in the morning and say, "Ooh, I want to go get a strong woman." Like the, no man is really looking for that. And mm-hmm. on the flip side, I mean, women don't wake up in the morning and say, "Oh, I want a good boy." Like they don't ask for that. You know, they want a strong man. So we've created this depolarization and this flip around of the of the genders. And I don't think it's creating happiness for men or women. Right. And think about this, guys. I mean, you see it time and time again. You, you might have even had this conversation with yourself or some of your buddies or even your mom, for that matter, and be like, I'm such a nice guy. Why does she want to go out and be with that asshole? The biker. Why does she want that raw masculine energy and that biker with the huge beard who's beating her up? Exactly. Exactly. You know, there's a lot of other issues going on there. Hopefully she's not getting beat, but I get the whole idea that they want to get, you know, be with strong men who have strong opinions and they know that they are going to be protected uh, in, in the time of need and the, the man's going to take care of them. Not, you know, it, it, I totally get it. And it makes a lot of sense. Now, the other part of that is, as you were talking about the incarceration of a lot of these men and then that in turn you know you can go down a whole other rabbit hole in regards to our society and the overpopulation and and sending men to jail for reasons that we really shouldn't be sending them to jail for the time frame that they are because it's taking them out of the family unit and it's causing deeper and more problems within our society have you considered that deep is the book going to that deep Uh, which deep well as far as you look at men that are incarcerated wrongfully and many, many years later, they come out based on, you know, you can base it on their economic um, status, their color of their skin, whatever other idea you want to throw out there as to why this is happening. But the fact of the matter is there are men that are thrown in jail for being accused of things that they didn't do. And I don't necessarily want to get into that, but to, to the whole idea that that is perpetuating the whole process of not having men at home. Well, I think that there's, I hate to say a conspiracy but um, there's certainly a systematic extinction of men. And what's happening, you know, if you look in the workplace, they have employment equity. So they'll hire anything but a white man. They'll hire every other type of person because employment equity standards are in effect. Um, I talk about in the book how, you know, the, the white men are becoming extinct and they're being pushed out of, out of uh, positions of power. And then you have on the flip side, you've got the black man and things are even worse for the black man because, you know, if he has one puff of marijuana, they throw him straight into jail, take away his voting rights and uh, force him to become a slave again. And he has to work for almost no money or for free. And uh, the jails are privately owned in America and that's why they keep growing. You know, it's the fastest growing housing sector I've heard a couple of times. And, uh, you know, there is this system systematic breakdown of the family unit so that you can control the population. It's population control. Control the population, control the masses. Um, the rich people that run things, they stay married no matter what. You know, they have babies. They don't tell, you know, the rich white ladies like Hillary Clinton, she'll tell the poor black babies to abort their babies and divorce their husbands, but she has her babies and stays married to her husband. So there's this big hypocrisy going on where the people in power have one standard and the people who are not in power they're encouraged to do the complete opposite of what the powerful people do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. I get that. And I see that as well. Now, what is the, as far as the book is concerned, what is the purpose? I mean, you talk a little bit about it, but let's get a little bit more into the book and, and 
what are you trying to, what is the specific message you're trying to get through the book and what specifically is it touching on? Well, the book's called Hard Times Create Strong Men and it shows what, what is a man in the modern world relative to money, sex, religion, politics. So there's four sections, you know, there's money and work, which is a man's purpose is his work. It's 624 pages, by the way, it's a big book, but some people read it in a day because it's well-written, it's easy to read. And so the first part is, you know, it's, it's all about work and money and a man's purpose is his work. Uh, part two is all about sex, women, children, family. That's a big section you can imagine. Uh, mm-hmm. Section three is about religion and how man has lost his, uh, his connection with God and he's traded God for new gods as, such as science and university and academia. And then the last one is, uh, the last one's politics. And it's about, you know, man protecting his tribe. And we live in a world now where man can't even be a man and protect his tribe. Like if he tries to protect his tribe, he's a racist, sexist, homophobe, Islamophobe, just for saying, hey, 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 I want to I know who's coming in my house, please. So there's a whole bunch of things in that book, man. It's, uh, it's all over the place. It's got 36 chapters. Every chapter is a story. So, you know, there's, there's good stories in there. And I've had some people say it's the second best book after the Bible on Instagram. I got that, I got that direct message. I said, wow, that's a tall order, bro. But thank you very much. Yeah, that is a pretty tall order. And that's a huge uh, honor for somebody uh, to say that as well. What qualifies you to have this conversation and what made you feel powerful enough to, and, and important enough to write a 600 page book on this topic? Well, this is my fifth book, Wally. So I've written a lot of books. I'm a big history buff. Um, I love studying history. I've been studying history my whole life. I love studying philosophy. Uh, I have an English major, so I've, ri- I've read and you know written a lot. And in the last 10 years, I've become a self-made millionaire through real estate and real estate investing. And I, I consider myself a student of human nature. So I study what men do, not what they say they're going to do or what they ought to do. And so, you know, after running a company for so many years and having employees and seeing human nature, human nature, human nature, you know, that's really what I write about, Wally, whether it's on the real estate side of things or this other side. I'm doing a series of books called Hard Times. It's Hard Times 1, 2, 3, 4 now. And it's all about human nature, like, you know, the, the nature of man. What is man? And um, it's just a passion of mine. You know, it's a passion. I live it. I do it. I touch it. I'm also a high performance coach. So I've coached some of the greatest men. And I've also had, you know, complete down and out burnouts that I've worked with. So I've, I've been all over the place, uh, not only in the study, but also in the practicum of working with men. And uh, I think there's quite a bit of road miles on my life, you know, having flipped hundreds of homes and worked with so many men and coached men, led men, lost men, and then also, uh, studied the living daylights out of it. You know, I got lots of sources in the book. So a lot of the ideas aren't even mine. They're just curated. Mm -hmm. No, I love that. And brother, seriously, thanks for sharing that, Stephen, because uh, I think it's important for guys to understand where we're coming from when we're talking about these type of issues. And it's just refreshing that it's coming from you in such a way because you've you, yeah, I love what you said, that you study what they do, not what they say, because so many men uh, say a lot of stuff <laughs> and they just, they say it and it, it, in the same breath, they know they're not going to act on it. Well, men, men are liars. They're liars. I mean, all men lie. They're lying, mm-hmm. they're lying, they're lying, and they lie for resources and for women. And there you go. 
and that's what that's what men do. And ego is a protection. It's a protection. It's a shield mm-hmm. to shield man from everything else, himself, the elements, and uh, that's that's you know cutting through man's lies and man's bullshit. Like I'm running a class this weekend called uh, we do a class called the Hundred K Challenge, and this weekend it's negotiation class, and we're gonna have I don't know sixty people or so in the room, and they're gonna be negotiating against each other for cars houses furniture and as soon as we start the game it's for real money they do 30 live negotiations for real money as soon as they go in there they all start lying cheating and stealing in two seconds they'll come in and say i'm so moral i'm so christian i'm so good i love you blah 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 blah. and then as soon as the money's on the table lying cheating stealing people are even cheating Mm. and stealing the real uh the the monopoly money the fake money reason they'll steal that so Mm. you know there's human nature and then there's you know, the spiritual ideals of what we think man ought to be. And human nature usually wins, you know, 99.999% of the time, human nature takes over. And that's why even churches get corrupt. All sorts of things get corrupt because human nature is always there and will always be there. As long as we have flesh bodies, human nature is there. Yeah. So when I was in the Equal Opportunity Management Institute for the U.S. military, uh, going to be an Equal Opportunity Advisor uh, to a couple of generals, we played this game called haves and have nots and we knew it was a game, but regardless of that, just like you just said, the haves started acting completely contrary to what they said that they would, the way they said that they would act. And they started hoarding and making sure that they had these little strategies and techniques and putting laws into place so that the have nots could not have what we mm. had or what they had. So my question to you in that regard is, if that's the case, if all men are liars and we all human nature is going to take over, then when we're going into a deal and we know this type of information, we think we're not going to fall into that. How do do we get around that? How do we stifle? How how do we not stifle the, the process and move forward with the deal? How does this how do we get around it? Well, do we? I'll say I'll say there's two things. So look, let's just talk like general political theory here for a second. So if you're poor, you typically go to the left side of the spectrum. And that's because you don't have anything and you want someone to give you some resources. If you have stuff, you vote on the political right to protect your resources. But if you're super, super, super ultra rich, you vote on the left because then you can enact laws to protect your stuff. So if you look at the you know, the political spectrum, you look at the guys like Jeff Bezos or Warren Buffett, they go to the left because they can put laws in to keep other guys from coming after them. So they're so rich, like they're not even about freedom anymore. They're more about slavery on the left. And then on the right, those people are usually trying to protect their stuff and be free. So it's this crazy dichotomy between the haves and haves, have-nots. If you have nothing, you go left. If you have something, you'll go right. And then if you're super, super, super rich, you're on the left again to frisk everybody and keep them out of your stuff. Mm. So it, it kind of like flips around there. And I wrote a book called The Ten Commandments of Negotiation, and it's like 30 Laws of Human Nature. And it's human nature, human nature, human nature. Now, all you can do while always respect the fact that somebody on the other side of the table, he's a human. He's got a monkey brain. He's got a reptile brain and a god brain inside of him. And you're probably talking to the reptile and the monkey most of the time because those two brains have the god brain hostage. And, you know, the mm-hmm. God brain, the, the thinking brain, the part that does connect to God can come out and create art and it can play the piano and it can paint beautiful paintings and it can tell you lies. 
So you really got to watch with people. And I think the best way to create trust is to understand their motivation. What motivates this person? And are you, are you aligned in your interests? So if your interests are aligned and you understand their motivation, everything is good. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Very well said. Excellent. So what are some good, uh, other good news stories other than your book being related right under, listed right underneath the Bible by one of your readers? What are some other good news stories coming out of the work that you've been doing? Well, you know, I've had uh, same same book. I've had young guys message me and go, "Wow, this book made me stop masturbating." I've had people say, "Hey, I I just married my girlfriend because I read that it was unmanly to just date her and not marry her." Um, I've had U.S. Navy SEALs message me and say, "I want to cite it in my book." Uh, I had somebody say it's a better book than The Game by Neil Strauss, which is a pretty huge book. Um, I've had all sorts of like good news. Actually, every day I get probably two rounds of messages. Of people going, oh my God, oh my God, wow, this is changing me. Wow, I want to get this for my son. I want to get this for my husband. I had one lady buy 18 copies for every man in her life. So, you mm. know, super cool responses from people. And this is something, well, I was afraid of this book for six months. I wrote it uh, January 2017. I sat on it for six months because I thought it would wreck my career. I was so mm. afraid. And then uh, for some reason, I said, okay, forget it. You know, if, if uh, Donald Trump can be president, half the people love him, half the people hate him. You know, worst case scenario, I'll end up as president with this thing. So let's just send it out. And, uh, you know, funny enough, I've had some people say you should run for president. I'm not interested in that, but that's, uh, that's how strongly some people feel about this stuff. Wow. Wow. I love it, man. Is it in audio yet? Yeah, man. You can get it on Audible. You can get it on uh, Amazon. You can get it at my site, hardtimestrongmen.com, hardtimestrongmen.com. Like, we got it in ebook, uh, physical book, and then also audiobook. And then there's a bundle. You can get all of them. Excellent. Yeah, I'll definitely be getting a hold of that. It's the type of reading I like to get into, man. Uh, so, brother, we're at the point of the conversation where we are going to pay it forward to our abundant leaders. Ready to do that? Yeah, let's do it. Excellent. All right, all of you abundant leaders out there, I need your help. I've got myself into a little bit of a bind. And in true men of abundance form, by helping me out, you're going to pay it forward and help others out as well. Possibly even yourself. I don't know. So over the last couple of years, I have been perfecting my skills as a business and marketing strategist, and I've gotten very good at it. What else I've gotten good at is attracting amazing clients, amazing business owners to help them in their business. And what I've realized is when certain people get at a certain point in business, they feel they want to pay it forward and they want to become coaches and help others or at least mentors and help others out in their industry. The problem is, like I had in the very beginning, they don't know how to start a coaching business. And even if they do know how to start a coaching business, they certainly don't know how to gain clients. This is the biggest problem amongst coaches and business across the board is getting more clients. You see it all the time. I need more leads. I need more clients. If only I could get in front of the ideal prospect or the ideal client, then I could do amazing things. So I've got a solution for that. Not only am I training at my own expense, coaches, building their websites, giving the marketing collateral, all that stuff, making it so that they are massively successful. There's no reason why they couldn't be successful. I'm taking it a step further. I am also training at my own expense, speaker trainers who are business minded and want to actually get paid to speak. The speakers will speak, the coaches will coach, and everyone will get paid and the business owner is going to be extremely happy because they are going to get what they want out of the deal as well. 
So what I need from you is one, if you know anyone who wants to be a business and marketing strategist and a coach, and if you happen to know any great business-minded speakers who are very hungry and actually want to get paid for speaking in to a group of small business owners, not just once, but multiple times they'll get paid monthly from one event, then check out the appropriate link in the show notes of this episode and share that with others who you know fit into those categories. I greatly appreciate it and they will greatly appreciate it because this is going to set them up for massive success in their coaching or speaking career. Now, let's get back to the conversation. So share with our Men of Abundance one to three actionable steps that they can take today. Well, I'll give you an abundance one. The first one I think is have gratitude. If you have gratitude for things in your life, you're going to get more of them. And, and gratitude is easy to say thank you to somebody it's easy to say thank you for this food. It's easy to say, um, you know, I love this. I love you. Those are easy ways to create gratitude. I think that that's a pretty uh, good way to get yourself wired positively for the day. Um, second thing is, you know, I think you really got to get your philosophy straightened out. Um, and you know, usually we have problems in our life because our philosophy screwed up. You know, you can't uh, you can't be a socialist and run a business. It's just not going to work well. So you need the right you need the right philosophy if you want to win in life, and that's what hard times create strong men is about is cleaning up a man's philosophy. And then uh, the the third one I'd I'd give to people is you know you want to reach out, you want to get a mentor, you want to get somebody who's been there before you, because this is a hard game. Life's a hard game. Business is a hard game. It's scary if you don't have a mentor, someone who's done it already to call to help you through some of the hard times and the, uh, the darkness, you might, you might go insane. So it's good to have somebody to call who's been there. Maybe they're older, maybe they're 60, maybe they're 70 years old and they can give you all the wisdom, not just knowledge or information, but the wisdom of life. And I think that's, that's a big one. A lot of young guys are missing these days. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Yeah. We definitely determined that already for sure. What are some of the rituals now having a mindset of abundance and giving and giving uh, thanks and being grateful, definitely a great ritual, but what are some other rituals that make a big impact in your life? So I keep a journal. I have a 90 day goal journal called the high performance journal. And I like this journal so much. I, I, I sell it as well. It's, it's at uh, respectthegrind.com. It's my store. And the journal is uh, what are your 90 day goals in health, wealth, and happiness and happiness is usually relationships. So Every 90 days, everyone in my office, we have to have our 90-day goals in our journal. We carry it around. I was looking at my journal yesterday, and I was like, you know, I'm short on some of my goals. I'm, I'm short because I wasn't reviewing this as much as I should have been. Um, so, you know, that's one thing is having having goals written down, having journals written down. A second thing is I think you got to study harder than anybody else. I like to read. I'm reading all the time. That's why I could write a book like Hard Times in 11 Days. I've done a lot of reading. So I think that I think that's a really really big one, and then the third one for me that I'm I'm focusing on right now that's been a weak spot of mine is creating white space in my life, which is you know that's like that meditation time, that prayer time, that time where you have nothing, and uh, that's why I like to go to the jungle and fast because in the jungle there's no cell phone towers, there's nothing, and you can create that white space, and inside of that space and that recreation is where you reinvent yourself, and recreation is the recreation of you.
Most people consider going to the uh, Bahamas or the Caribbean to um, re-engage with themselves. You go to the jungle. Which jungle do you go to? Uh, Costa Rica. There's this place mm-hmm. I go in the middle of the jungle, and it's it's literally just a bunch of huts in the jungle. And you know, it's a it's a facility. Like you know, a guy owns it and runs it, and it's uh, it's a fasting center. And I go there and just chill out. And every year I go there, I reinvent myself. I write another book. You know, I move ahead in my life because I don't want to do the same year over and over and over again. No, absolutely. That's that's pretty. That's really cool. That's pretty important as well. I lived in uh, Panama for four years, and I did get down to Costa Rica a couple of times. Uh, and I literally lived in the jungle for weeks on end. Uh, so so it's very intriguing to me because you want to get humbled, uh, go out into the out into nature in general. Uh, but the, just the hard jungle is is crazy man pitch black dark can't see the hand in front of your face it's pretty cool pretty cool experience yeah no moon sometimes no moon and like that's that's how i said day 43 it was either go to the mental Mm. institution or or i found god because it was so dark like if your eyes are open or closed it didn't even matter that's how dark it was at all literally yeah yeah so You've you've mentioned quite a few resources, books, your books. What would you recommend to our abundant leaders to read or listen to, and why? Well, we're talking about human nature. I think a good human nature book is Forty Eight Laws of Power. Um, again, coming back to what humans do or men do versus what they say they're going to do, I think that's a pretty big one. Um, another one that I like, uh, that I think is probably one of the best psychology books, is Think and Grow Rich. That's the mm-hmm. original kind of uh, money book. That was really, really well done. Um, and you know, another one that's close to my heart is just Rich Dad, Poor Dad, man. The, the straight up, easy peasy uh, story. It really changed my life to uh, to hear Robert Kiyosaki talk about his rich dad and his poor dad. And that's what got me going on this whole prosperity path was that one book. So those are three pretty big books. And, uh, you know, of course, hard times create strong men. But, you know, if you've got to pick something besides that, those three are good, too. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And and you mentioned Rich Dad Poor Dad. You're also in the Hall of Fame, the International Hall of Fame of the uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, 2014, I I was inducted into the Hall of Fame, and that's a very prestigious award. They give out one a year in Canada, and I think five a year in the United States. So pretty rare to get one of those. Yeah, that is pretty rare. You're only the second person I've ever talked to that that actually has that. Uh, my prior guest that just posted a couple of days ago, actually Tim uh, Bratz. Is is also on that list. Uh, he's one that has uh, gotten that award, so uh, got recognized through that. So that's pretty awesome, man. Thank very, you. Very very cool. Absolutely. Yeah, there's there's more gold medals for the Olympics kicking around than that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And that's that's pretty prestigious. I dig it, man. Really cool. Thank you. So, what do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance, Stefan? I think it's fear. And the fear, I think, is the ego. It's fear and ego. And, you know, I think that fear is always a signal of where you need to go next. You know, if you're if you're afraid of singing, you got to sing. If you're afraid of dancing, you got to dance. If you're afraid of spending money, you know, you got to learn to spend money right. And, you know, anytime I've gone ahead in my life, I've always stepped into my fear. And everything we want is on the other side of fear. So, there's always going to be fear. You're always going to have to negotiate with fear and manage fear. Fear never goes away. I used to think that, oh man, if I could just have some passive income in my life and not have to work, <laughs> I would I would have it all done. And of course, I get to that point. Still got fear, still got ego, still got problems. 
Yeah, yeah, just a different level of problems, man. Yeah, what I notice about people after training them for seven years is that 50% of people do nothing. They've got so much fear, pain, ego, problems. They just, they're not even functioning human beings. So you can sign up 100 guys for a training program, 50% of them do nothing. They're just, they got, they got problems. They need to go to therapy. Uh, 47% of people will do the minimum if you whip them. So if you're on their case with, as a manager and whipping the guy, he'll do the bare minimum and that's it. Mm-hmm. And then there's the top 2% of the 47% are superstars if you whip them. And then there's this magical 3% that are self-whipping superstars. And those are the people that are high functioning enough that they're able to you know, start things, grow things, build things. But unfortunately, most of the human condition is half of us are just not even functional human beings. And doesn't it seem that sometimes, or most of the time, quite frankly, those other categories under the, let's say, the the, the top two tiers that you mentioned, um, it doesn't matter really what you do to them or for them, they just are not going to budge. They're, even though it's their dreams, their desires, their goals, they came out of their mouth. They're just not going to do what needs to be done to either move away from pain or towards pleasure. Well, you know, I, I, I read this great story the other day and this story, well, you're going to love this. This is exactly illustrating what we talked about is there's this professor and he wanted his staff to do or not his staff, his students to do well. So he said, okay, students, two weeks to the exam, I'm going to give everybody all the answers in advance. So he gave everybody all the answers to the exam, all the questions, and they spent two weeks studying it in class. Day of the exam comes, guess what happens? Guess what the results are? I have no idea. Well, Wally, they run the, you, you'd imagine they'd all get straight A's. Day of the exam comes, it's the normal bell curve. The A students still got A's, the B students still got B's, the C students still got C's, and the D students and the F students still failed. And you know the, the professor said to one of his A students, he said, why is this like this? And the A student said, well, the other people didn't believe that these were the right answers. And so it comes down to belief, you know, the, the people at the top, they believe they should be there. The people at the bottom believe they should be there. The rich believe they should be rich. The poor believe they should, they should be poor. The haves are the haves and the have nots are the have nots. And everybody is right where he believes he should be. And so to change his position, you must change his belief. Well, yeah, that's powerful, man. That's, that's super powerful. That also reminds me of the whole idea that if you gave everybody in, in let's say, in the United States, for instance, give everybody the same amount of money, take everything away from everybody, it's all going to correct itself over the next five to ten years or whatever yeah, the time. I think it would correct itself over a month. Yeah. Give everybody, yeah, t- give everybody ten grand, it would all go to the same place as everyone would buy. You know, it's like, it's like uh, inheritance when people get an inheritance from their dead grandma or dead grandpa or whatever uh statistically you know they go out and buy a new car within two weeks well it wasn't their money in the first place so they'll just lose it and uh you know my my family i think my grandma gave out an early inheritance and people are doing dumb things like finishing the kitchen cabinets or refinishing the hardwood floor that'll be out of style in five years so just complete and utter nonsense of what people did with their money and uh, it's it's really sad that when you didn't earn it, you don't take care of it. Yeah, absolutely. Same with lottery winners and, and people that come into cash in other ways super quick that they did not earn and put in the time and the effort, blood, sweat, and tears. So yeah. what does being a man of abundance mean to you, Stephen? Well, I think there's two mindsets out there. There's an abundance mindset. There's a scarcity mindset. 
and a man of abundance is is living in that spiritual abundance idea and you know i'll say this too being a man is you are flawed you're imperfect all men are flawed and you will be in abundance sometimes and sometimes you will not um it's a uh, it's kind of like a light it can be on it can be off you can have a good day and it's on you could have a bad day and it's off and i think that being a man of abundance is doing the things you have to do to be on the abundance side most of the time because there's the light and there's the dark abundance is the light and then every man's got darkness inside of him and you want to stay out of that darkness as much as possible and uh, and go in the light. Yeah, very good answer. I appreciate you sharing that, man. So we are going to close this up, brother. We are going to have all the websites and everything that you mentioned, all the resources linked up in the show notes. So guys, don't worry about writing any of that down. I know you're trying to as we're going through because it's very, very intriguing and important information for you to get a hold of. But before I let you go, Stefan, what did we not talk about that you want to ensure that our abundant leaders get out of our conversation today? Well, you know, I'd love if they got themselves a copy of Hard Times Create Strong Men. I think that'd be great. Um, you know, it's a challenging book. It's rated R. It's uh, It says rated R for relevant. Burn this book if you're easily offended. Like, don't read it. But uh, I think that we really need the challenging ideas. We need to challenge our beliefs. We need to uh, really check our premises. And anything that people say is status quo i think you got to challenge everything so check out hard times create strong men you get it at hardtimesstrongmen.com that's hardtimesstrongmen.com excellent i'll have all that linked up guys i'm definitely going to have my copy uh and i will get through it uh actually before this episode posts so i can talk about it in the pre-show which by now you probably know i already did <laughs> So, brother, I'm glad we had this conversation, man. I appreciate you. And uh, go out and live your life of abundance, man. Keep doing what you're doing, paying it forward, because, you know, it's just got to make a difference. And at least this short conversation that you and I had, it's already lifted me up. I'm going to go get your book and uh, check it out and share it. Thanks, Wally. My pleasure, man. All right, guys. So your action step today is to get a hold of Hard Times Create Strong Men, listen to or read the book, then go request access if you don't already have access to the Men of Abundance Facebook group. And I'm going to open this up to women as well. In the past, I've only had men in there, but since I have women on the show and I have many women listening to Men of Abundance, I'm going to open the dialogue up. I want to have more conversations, and I just feel we're going to have a much better conversation if we include everybody to have this conversation. And just as Stefan had mentioned, he's got a lot of followers listening and reading his book as well. So I want to, op- I want to have an open conversation. So download the book or buy the book, however you consume the book, then read Hard Times Create Strong Men. Gain access to the Men of Abundance Facebook group, and let's continue this conversation. Now, go out, live your life of abundance, and make sure to pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.